Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the WEEI Studios, the home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcand on WEEI. And that's going to do it. The Miami Dolphins, 8-3 and three at home against the Patriots since 2012. And Mike McDaniel gets his first W as a head coach in the National Football League. All right, good afternoon. Welcome in Sports Radio WEEI. It's me, Arkan. Yeah, haha, it's me. I'm back. Hi. Can't get enough of me this week. Me and Andy Hart, boy. You've heard, you've heard Andy Hart and I this week more than you've heard Mariah Carey, more than you've heard Burl Ives, more than you've heard Nat King Cole or Johnny Mathis or anybody. We're, we're right there. Streaming numbers are right there with those guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> You can't, you can't get enough of us this week. Anyway, it's great to be with you here, folks, today. Uh, it's got a lot to get to here as we uh, hover on the brink of what may be the end of this Patriots season. And I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you this team was going to ruin Christmas, but you guys uh, had to keep believing. And you know what? Easy to keep believing when the team somehow still manages to dodge all these uh, all these pianos from falling on their head and uh, still stay alive, which I'm not sure how that's even possible, but it is. And because it is, and because I've been ripping this team all week with uh, Kyrie Thompson, who was fantastic this week, if you uh, heard us, he was awesome, carried the show. And uh, Mark Dondero, obviously, when we had our uh, Mac Jones interview back on Monday, um, it's been it's been a, a tough week. It's been a tough week for Bill Belichick. It's been a tough week uh, for Robert Kraft, for Mac Jones, for the entire Patriots organization outside, I don't know, maybe the defense. But even that defense in the first half against Cincinnati didn't look like much, did they? It's been a tough week all around for your New England Patriots. And I feel like I could come on for three more hours and rip them some more. Why not? Why not? It's easy to. They're an easy target, you know, just like uh, just like planes, trains, and automobiles. Big, easy target there. But I'm not going to. I'll rip them at some point during the show. But I'm not going to open the show just, you know, nonstop Patriots rip fest. Because, because you look at the Miami Dolphins and you look at some of these other teams, and it's easy to get wrapped up in the Patriots and their expectations and, you know, the last 20 years and Belichick and Brady and Kraft and all that other stuff. But if you just look at the NFL and the way it is right now, other than Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati, this AFC is pretty wide open. I don't think that there's a lot of dominant teams, and I'm not sure how much longer uh, you're going to see Cincinnati even in that mix. I'm not sure that they have a stranglehold at the top of the, uh, at the, top of the conference. I thought it was much worse at the beginning of the year. 
I thought the Patriots were going to be looking up at the Dolphins, looking up at the Bills, which they will be for a while, Buffalo uh, for sure, and looking up at the Jets all year long and into the future. And seeing now what's happened with Miami and their quarterback, which we'll get to in a second because there's been an update to that story, um, and the way the Jets have uh, kind of fallen apart at the quarterback position as well, I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. There's teams ahead of the Patriots, and rightfully so, the Chargers of the world, um, you know, the Ravens, uh, the Chiefs, obviously. But there's not a ton of teams that I think are going to stay there. I think that there's still kind of a wide-open conference right now. And you look at the Dolphins in particular. They looked unstoppable, uh, really unstoppable at points this season. They've lost four straight. And if you remember some of these games, they were pretty bad. Uh, that first game they lost to kick off the whole um, to kick off the losing streak was to San Francisco, and that was the game where Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Um, he broke his foot, and that was the game where Brock Purdy came in and uh, carved him up. And Tua Tagovailoa didn't have a good game. Um, it wasn't a terrible game, but it wasn't a good one. And the 49ers, with their backup quarterback, put the Dolphins right in their place. The Dolphins were, I think, eight and three going into that game. And the Niners beat them pretty easily, uh, 33-17. to Next game, they got the Chargers. Two attack of Iloa in that Chargers game against a uh, Chargers defense that was very shorthanded. I forget who exactly who was missing, but I know they had a bunch of guys out. Tua was 10 of 28 for 145 yards and one touchdown. It's one of the worst games he's ever had. Um, up to that point, anyway. 10 for 28. That's a 26 QB rating. Like, that's really, really pretty bad, especially with that team and those playmakers and everything else. Like, just a, just a poor showing there from Tua. Next game was against Buffalo. That was a good game. Buffalo just beat him, um, and that was that uh, snow game. Tua was good in that game. Allen was better. Uh, nothing really to feel bad about in that one. Uh, Mostert ran wild uh, in that game, too, but they just came up a little bit short. And then there was the Packers game. And the Packers game was probably the most devastating of the losses because that's when Tua got slammed on the back of his head, and that's when uh, he threw three picks in the fourth quarter, and that was a game that they really needed to sort of maintain their distance, and they couldn't get it. And that's why the Patriots are still alive right now. It's because of that game. And now Tua's out, probably for the rest of the year. Um, There has been an update, and it's a laughable update. The NFL and the NFLPA... Uh, did a joint review of the concussion protocol for Tua Tagovailoa and realized that it was never triggered during that game. The protocol is initiated when a player receives an impact to the head and exhibits or reports signs or symptoms suggestive of a concussion, the NFL and the union said in a joint statement Saturday. The review established that symptoms of a concussion were neither exhibited nor reported until the following day, at which time the team medical personnel appropriately evaluated and placed Tagovailoa in the concussion protocol. Just real quick, okay? If a player on your team, I don't know, an important player like a quarterback, has had multiple concussions already this season, and he gets slammed on his head in a game, and he comes back to the sideline and says, no, guys, I'm fine. I I got slammed on my head, but I'm totally okay. Isn't that a time when the medical team can step in and say, no, 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 you're not. You've had two concussions this year, two bad ones. Uh, you're, we're hanging on by a thread with you right now, and you just got slammed in the back of your head. You can tell us you're fine. You can tell us you're okay, and maybe you passed the little, you know, snap in the ear concussion test, but if you've already had two, 
and you get slammed, and he got slammed on his head, like back of his head, hit the turf really hard. If that happens, we have to take you out of the gate. We have to protect you. And they're hiding behind the protocol, like, oh, that is so annoying. They're never going to get this right, this league. They never are. If the union won't even step in and say, hey, this guy had two concussions this year, two bad ones, and it set off this entire firestorm and made this protocol and the spotters on the sideline, and all of that happened because of this guy. And he gets slammed on his head, and we say, well, he looks fine. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Two attack of I love. I mean, listen, I understand at some point these aren't kids. These are adults, and they have to make choices for themselves. But as a league, if you want to... If you want to try and protect yourself from litigation and protect your players and, and and I don't know, not look like you just don't give a crap, then maybe step in a little bit more forcefully than this. And maybe, I don't know, players union? Wow, what a weak union you are, the players union. Saying, well, you know, it didn't, didn't look like he had anything. Really? It didn't look like he had a concussion? You sure about that? Because the next day it was pretty bad. Next day it was real bad. Uh, maybe that's a game you really needed, Miami, and you didn't want to take your starting quarterback out. That's what it looks like to me. That's what it looks like to pretty much everyone. He got slammed on his head through three interceptions. Well, he didn't look like he had a concussion. Oh, yeah, is that right? Or did you really just not want to take him out because you needed that game? This is why it's never going to change. And what a pathetic showing from the union. Oh, pathetic. That's really soft. Standing there, coming out with the, with the league. I, under, I expect this from the league. Of course, the league's going to come out and say, hey, we had no idea. But the union saying, saying the same thing? You know why? They're probably because they're embarrassed by their protocol. You know, this is the protocol that they put together, and now they're realizing it sucks, and they have to stand behind it. Uh, no, you don't, though. That's the thing. You don't, especially when a guy's future is career, and maybe even, like, his entire life is on the line, which is kind of the case here. It's kind of the case. Um, that being said, not to be callous about it, but the Dolphins have a problem now. The Dolphins have a quarterback problem. They have a great offense, and Teddy Bridgewater, who is, I guess, a good backup, uh, but is he really? We'll talk about him a little bit later on in the show, too. Uh, there's some things that you can sort of look at with the Patriots and think, you know, things aren't great, but they're not that bad. Things aren't great right now, but they're not terrible. They've taken a massive step back this year from last year, but it hasn't had not so far back that they can't get back to where they were at the very least last season. Um, and they were very close to being right back there this year, even with an offense that could not get out of its own way. To have this record and to have this chance to to still make the playoffs, the way things have gone, I'm not going to be one of those, well, you know, this is, just shows how great Bill is. No, it doesn't actually. This doesn't show how great Bill is. This shows how good he is against bad quarterbacks and, you know, bad offenses. And uh, it shows that he's put a good defense together. I'll agree with you there. But this offense this year and the way it was handled by Bill Belichick is going to go down as one of the biggest black marks on his resume, maybe of all time. And I know, well, what about Malcolm Butler? That was one game. This is an entire season of this. This was a call that he made before the season started, and nothing about it went right. Nothing about it went right. I, you know, like that's, that's never going to go away. And when you think about Bill Belichick and chasing this record and chasing Don Shula and everything, you think, man, it's really going to sap the cloud out of it if along the way you're making career-defining mistakes, you know? like, And I would say career-defining because it's going to be part of his uh, his legacy now. 
and this is sort of the last image we're going to have of him because I don't think he's going to be winning any more Super Bowls. Is it going to define his career? He's going to be the guy that screwed up Mac Jones? No. He's going to be the guy who for 20 years won six championships, had two dynasties, and along with Tom Brady, he was considered the best ever at what he did. But this part of it at the end didn't need to be here. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave a mark. It's going to leave a mark. And I think that uh, it was a totally self-inflicted wound. Totally self-inflicted wound here by Bill Belichick. Is it salvageable? I think it is. Do the Crafts think it is? Do the Crafts think that Bill Belichick can salvage this? Do they think he can clean up this mess that he's made? I wonder about that. We'll revisit what the Crafts had to say, and uh, we'll get to uh, your phone calls as well right after the trending. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Patriots have ruled out Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Jonu Smith, and Devontae Parker for tomorrow's tilt with the Dolphins. Hunter Henry, Jonathan Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Jalen Mills, Tyquan Thornton are all questionable. Two attack of Iloa already been ruled out with a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater will get the start for the Dolphins. And some breaking news here in the last uh, hour or so that the NFL and NFLPA have released a statement and the findings of a joint review saying that Tagovailoa did not exhibit any concussion symptoms and that the team followed all the appropriate protocols. Wow. Uh, Bruins and the Sabres going on right now. That game is scoreless early in the first period. Celtics are off until tomorrow when they head to Denver to play the Nuggets. College football playoffs start this afternoon. Number three, TCU. And number two, Michigan kicking off at four. Georgia and Ohio State kick off at eight o'clock. I'm Christian Arcand. That's what's trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Christian Arcan on WEEI. I'm a Patriot fan, big time. First, 
and more than anything, it it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years, and I'm happy that um, we had a great, I think we had a great draft last year, and it made up for what happened the previous four years or so, and I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year. That's the only way you can build your team for long-term and consistently that uh, you have a chance of winning is having a good draft. It's Robert Kraft back in the spring. It's Christian Arcan here, Sports Radio WEEI. Stiz, turn this up. I love this song. Arcan likes that gully rap music. I love it. Liquid Story. This is a jizz. I love this song. I love this whole album. This whole album's so good. Yeah, front to back, a, a no-skip album. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, all right, you can turn it down. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this game tomorrow and what a win would mean versus what a loss would mean. I think we all agree, like, it'd be great if they win, and it's great for us here at WEEI. I think it would be great if they won because then that means this Buffalo game's going to actually matter. Does they going to have a chance to win it? I think probably not against Buffalo, but... I do think they have a chance to beat Teddy Bridgewater, so I'd prefer they won instead of not winning. I don't think that the uh, that the draft pick would be that much better. I know that if they if they lose both games and a bunch of teams win, then they could get as high as the twelfth pick. But I don't think that that's realistic. I think that uh, they're probably going to be in the high teens regardless of what happens here, even if they lose both games. And it just sort of seems to me like that's not worth doing. I'd rather I'd rather selfishly the games uh, still matter. And to talk about them during the week, it'd just be better if it's still, you know, a, a playoff life or a playoff heartbeat instead of having to turn the page to next year and what that all is going to be. But I think that, you know, for for all of us, realistic fans anyway, a win means you get to float out on a little piece of driftwood out in the middle of the ocean for at least another week <laughs> before the big shark comes and eats you. Like that's, you know, that's sort of what it feels like. That's what a win really means in the grand scheme of things. For me professionally and for, you know, uh, Channel 4 and, uh, you know, everybody over there in Foxborough, of course, uh, you want these games to matter. But I think that we all understand that even if they do win tomorrow, that means they've bought themselves a stay of execution for, you know, six more days. Uh, What does a loss mean? A loss, I think that's a more complex question and a complex answer. Um, A loss means that you're going to, and I'm talking about the crafts here, that the crafts are going to have to have a real serious look in the mirror at uh, what they, what Robert said there in that, in that clip that we just played and how he's going to fix it. Because at some point, it falls on the owner to make the big decisions. Especially when you look at a guy like Bill Belichick and see the way he's mismanaged this offense with decisions that he made. And these weren't, you know, a draft pick that he missed on. There were about four years of that. It's not like he's drafted well lately, although I do think these last two drafts have certainly been better, uh, certainly this last one. But you you start thinking about the drafts. You start thinking about the uh, the Cam Newton year, the succession plan from Tom Brady into what's going on right now, uh, the point that you're at right now, how it was a big step back from everything you did last year. 
and how offensively this team looks like a, a, a bottom team in the NFL. I think that you add all that up and you look at a missed playoff here, you know, you're not you're not going to the postseason assuming you, you lose tomorrow. And I think that Robert Kraft has to, at the very least, initiate the process of talking to Bill about what happened on offense here and how I'm not sure we can trust you to make this decision again. If Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were Bill's best uh, decision, like if that if that was what he really thought was best for the team, how can you trust them to to fix it? How can you trust them to rebuild the offense? If that's what he really thought would work. And maybe he didn't think it would work. Maybe he really wanted somebody else. And that person said, nope, I got to stay at Alabama one more year. And so he just settled for these two guys because he put all his eggs in one basket and that basket never came through. All right, that's possible. It's definitely possible. But that doesn't excuse this. That doesn't make this better. You still ended up with two guys that really are in over their head and have uh, really set your offense and, in a lot of ways, your whole team back. Maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe more than that, depending on how much of an impact there is on Mac Jones, psychologically, everything. Um, You're going to have to initiate that conversation. Bill, this didn't work, and we're getting to the end of this, right? Like, we're we're coming up on the the end days. When do we start thinking about the future? There may be an easy fix here, and that easy fix is Bill O'Brien. It's an easy fix because he's a Bill guy. You can bring him in. Everybody will be happy that he's here because he represents such a massive upgrade over uh, Patricia and Judge. And you don't necessarily have to cut several ties with Bill yet. If you bring in somebody else, someone from the Shanahan tree, someone from the McVeigh tree, someone from the NCAA, Bring in Coach Prime. I don't know what you're going to (laughs) do. Probably not that. But, you know, you bring in uh, an unknown or you bring in someone who's not part of Bill's circle, not part of Bill's world. And you tell him, Bill, this is who you're going to be working with. He's going to run the offense. And Bill says, excuse me? You're telling me who I'm going to work with? No, I tell you who I'm going to work with. And then the process of, okay, well, Who's going to blink first? We'll begin. I think everyone sort of assumes. Patriots fans, Patriots writers, sports talk radio hosts, everyone. Everyone assumes that if the Crafts try and get tough with Bill, that Bill's going to say, bleep you, I don't need this, I'm out of here. I'll go win some, I'll go catch Shula's record somewhere else. I'll go do it with the Giants. I'll go do it with somebody else. Probably not the Giants because I really like Dayball, but I don't know. With Carolina Panthers, who knows? Doesn't matter. I'll go do it somewhere else. Someone will hire me. They'll hire Bill Belichick. I'm the greatest. They'll hire me to just for the record. Of course they will. And maybe they will. I don't know if that's a great long-term plan for any team there, but you want a nice little bump in the beginning? Yeah, sure, fine. Belichick gets Shula's record there on your sideline. And maybe even he uh, bumps your team win total up a couple games. Great. But if that's really the way Bill's going to handle a conversation like that, like non-starter, no, I, you're not. You're not putting someone with me that I didn't pick. 
we have an agreement here, Rob. This is this is the way it's always been, and this is the way it's always going to be. Well, no, not anymore. Now that uh, Brady's gone, you're missing the playoffs, and the offense looks like a total mess. And it's because of guys you put in there that have now maybe set this quarterback, uh, you know, back a year or two. That's a conversation that is going to be probably fraught with uh, the normal combative Bill Belichick defensiveness that you've seen in press conferences this year and everything else. You want to talk about an old dog teaching an old dog new tricks? Doesn't get much older than Bill Belichick, <laughs> all right? And I know that that's sort of what's blamed. Well, he's an old school coach, and there's no new school players. Not necessarily. Andy Reid's an old school coach. His new age players like him just fine. Pete Carroll's an old. He's older than Bill, and the Seahawks love him. That doesn't make a difference. Like Bill's just how he is. Okay, it's his personality. It's not his age. It's his way of doing things, which has been very successful over the years. Don't get me wrong. But not everything works forever. And you got to wonder, if the season ends tomorrow and the offense still is looking like it looked back in March when Kraft said all that stuff with that van backing up in the background, (laughs) when Kraft said all that stuff about playoff games and the draft and everything else, and the offense still looks the same way it looked back then, well, then you have to at least initiate the conversation. You have to initiate the conversation about the offense next year and uh, how that's going to get fixed. And the easy way to fix it, the easy way to fix it is just to slap Bill O'Brien over it, you know, like uh, like that flex tape. You know what I mean? Remember that guy? There's that tank and all the water's uh, pouring out of it, and he grabs the flex tape and slaps it on there. That's Bill O'Brien, basically. That's what you're doing. The tank is still leaking, but at least you got Bill O'Brien covering the hole there, covering the leak for at least, I don't know, another year. Uh, you can do that, or you can make wholesale changes. And I guess I'm asking you, New England, what do you think? Is it time for that yet? Or do you, uh, do you trust Bill Belichick to fix this? And do you trust Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien to uh, take this team back to where they were last year uh, in the event that next season or that uh, tomorrow the season ends? 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Joe, who is in Lincoln. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, yeah, I actually wanted to talk about a little bit about the game and Mac Jones, but I, I, I wish they'd get rid of Belichick just real quick. Um, but, but I... You know, at the end of the first half, I watched the game only because I'm a fan. I had to watch it. I could win the game. And, and so uh, the fact that they haven't given up, I think, says a lot of good stuff about the players. Yeah. I don't know about anything else. And Mac Jones, and I want your opinion about this because I was a zappy guy, but it seems to me in the past few games, at least a couple, he's gotten better about avoiding sacks, you know, sprinting out of the pocket and still looking downfield, not looking like a scared rabbit, but – actually looking a little bit like a quarterback. And I, I'm wondering if that's just my own perception or, or you think that too. Joe, I don't think you're wrong about that at all. I think he's been better in the pocket. He's still getting sacked a good amount, but he's better in the pocket for sure. It's just he has a bad offensive line. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he hasn't turned the ball over at all in like the last eight weeks, it feels like. I mean, he was really uh, turning it over a lot to start the year. He's taken much better care of the ball lately. Doesn't mean he's played great games or anything, but that's what's kept a minute that's why they've uh you know been there at the end of some of these games because back jones and the offense is not turning the ball over they're not scoring either that's a bigger issue but they're not just giving it away and uh that's something to feel better about i guess but i mean you can't look at mac jones's season and really feel good about anything except for the flashes of times where he looked like a competent quarterback this year and you know that he's capable of more than this because we saw it his rookie season. You saw it at Alabama. You know that he's he's capable of doing more than this. But his his uh, regression this year 
is about as uh, devastating a thing that can happen to your to your football team as as there is really. I mean, look at look at Baker Mayfield in Cleveland after that big rookie year of his. They thought that was the future. They thought they were going to be a playoff team for years and years. They thought Baker Mayfield was going to be the next Peyton Manning, next Tom Brady. And he had all these different coordinators. He had it up and down, see, you know, and then when it's all said and done, he's getting uh, kicked out to Carolina and then eventually winds up as a as a miracle backup there with the L.A. Rams. Like, you know, you look at Baker Mayfield and you think, there before the grace of God goes Mac Jones. Um, and so far, it's, it's taken on a very similar pattern uh, career-wise, those two. Uh, Tony is in the car. Hi, Tony. All right. Good afternoon, Christian. It's great to hear you on the radio. Thank again. you, Tony. I'm just uh, my whole theory on the NFL. They're just after one thing: their profit margin. They don't view their pra- their players as anything more than a commodity to put out on the field. And the players' union, they have to take a stand. And if it takes them holding out, I think the only way that the owners are going to start thinking in ways to protect the players is if the players' salaries are locked in and the owners don't have a choice but to care about their long-term health because they owe them seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road worth of salary, just like the uh, just like MLB does. Look at how many times we've seen Chris Sale on the disabled list, sure. and yet the Red Sox and yet the Red Sox are forced to keep him because they owe him a hundred million dollars. I know. Therefore, he has the time. I mean, doesn't it make sense, Christian? The NFL players have no leverage because they're disposable. Yeah, and because their union's weak, and because the real reason for it is because the rosters are so big and there's so many players that you're never going to get them all on the same page. And that's what the owners always use against them every single time a CBA comes up. And, uh, you know, the players who are making lots of money want these protections and they want all this stuff. And uh, the owners say, no, we'll just replace you with these guys who want to play. And they'll always find guys who want to play. And these guys will play for nothing, basically, you know, just a chance to be in the NFL. And uh, once they get a, a game check or two, they're all in. They'll do whatever. They'll they'll take less. They'll whatever. They just all they care about is playing in the NFL. He's practice squad guy, last chance you. I mean, you know what it is. Uh, baseball is a little bit different. Baseball had a had a union, a real union in the uh, 80s and 90s, a union with teeth who stood up to the owners and told them, you know, no, this is uh, this is different. You need these guys. In the NFL, they're more disposable because their careers have always been shorter. I think that's another big part of it. NFL careers are just so quick. Um, and, you know, these guys want to play and they want to max out and they'll uh, agree to certain indignities just to do it. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's too bad. It's really too bad. I don't think it's anything that will ever really get solved. And I hate to sound so uh, fatalistic about it, but, you know, what's the when you have 1,600 guys, and only a small percentage of them are making the kind of money that can, you know, make those sorts of demands. And the rest of them will say, well, screw that. I'm not holding out. I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to go on strike. I want to play. I want to get paid. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a practice squad guy. I'm at the end of the I need this money. I'm not a multimillionaire with my own, uh, you know, my own chain of gyms and books on how to eat avocado ice cream. Like, I'm not making that kind of money. There's no way. It's just there's no way that'll ever that'll ever happen. I don't think, and that's too bad. It really is because that's what that's what that sport needs. Sport needs a strong union, and they just don't have one. And this, I I knew the union was weak. This is pathetic. This is legitimately pathetic for them to come out with the league and say, yeah, well, you know, hey, sorry, we didn't see it. Everything we followed all the rules, and he just I don't know. He's such a great actor that Tua Tagovailoa. 
uh, you know, the symptoms didn't start kicking in until the next day. Well, did you see him get his head slammed on the turf or not? Because if you saw that, that should have been enough. Like, really, that should have been enough for that guy. A head injury is not like a knee injury, okay? You don't go down, oh, I can't walk on my knee. Oh, I tore my ACL. No, you got a head injury. You know, it's not going to feel like you broke something. You may not have the, the symptoms until the next day. Fine, great. But, yeah, it's still, you still had a concussion the day before. And the fact that they're letting this guy who has had so much trouble this year get his head slammed on the turf and then look him in the eye and say, yeah, hey, you're like, fine, get back out there. Well, he passed all the protocols. Did he? Did he really? Uh, there was no reason to trigger it, him getting the slammed in the back of his head? Or did you really need that game, Miami? Did you really need to win that game? And instead he throws three interceptions because, oh, I don't know, his brain scrambled. Like, it's just so ridiculous. It really is. 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. Let's go to Ian in Greenfield. Hey, Ian. Hey, good mo- uh, afternoon, brother. So another big difference between baseball players and football players is Baseball players, when they're in AAA or, or earlier leagues, they're only getting ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year, True. and they have to pay for everything themselves. And when these kids get out of college and they go into the football, you know, if they'll get multi-million dollar contracts right off the bat, so they're better off, and they don't feel like they really have to fight as much. Basically, I mean. It's it's a big difference. Yeah, Ian, I'm with you there. And they all want a piece of that. I mean, there's so many uh, players trying to make it in the NFL. And in baseball, you're right, it's a little bit different. You don't go right from college to a major league baseball team. That's very rare that that happens. Um, I think the, one of the only guys I even remember in the Red Sox was that kid Craig Hansen. <laughs> Went to St. Joe's or St. John's or something. Went boom, right to me, right to the right to the bullpen. And uh, maybe could have used a couple years there in uh, in the minors. But, you know, you're right. That's true about uh, about baseball. It's another big difference there. And uh, it does sort of start you into a process before you get that big money. 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. When we come back, um, this has been an interesting year for sports media. And I I saw a clip on the uh, on the Internet today that I feel like is the type of clip. the last show I'm doing in the year 2022. And uh, I wanted to just share this clip with you because it was something that, uh, that made me laugh. It's been a tough week, tough week for everybody. It's been a tough couple of weeks. You know, the holidays, holidays are tough on people. I'm going to, I don't, I'm just going to take a break from the Patriots, break from all the seriousness, concussions and craft and the succession and all that. And we're just going to sit and laugh at Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. That's coming up next. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcand on WEEI. Chaperone, when you going to school? Mm, chaperone. Yeah, y'all didn't have no chaperones. What are you talking about? When you was in school, because we had them at the dance, school dance because we were slow dancing and we were real close. And they said they coming in, coming in, shine a little flashlight and back us up. That's the only time closeness matter. Really? Yeah, when you were slow dancing and they coming in with a little flashlight back up. But I, hey, as soon as they part the crowd, I get back really? close. Yeah, that was close as matters. We didn't have any. Hey, well, we had to. You see, y'all were y'all were like us. See, O'Shea, y'all, O'Shea, y'all mm-hmm. were frisky. Yeah, I was fresh. Mine was fast times at Ridgemont. Why the hell? 
I'm talking about slow. Y'all were slow dragging. Yeah, yeah. dragging. <laughs> we were in the back seat. Nah, That's nah, all nah, I know. Hey, Gia, take us away. Take us, go, take us to break, Gia. <laughs> I was going to say, I need to jump in here before you two get yourself in real trouble. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is a morning show. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Grandpa! Gross! Ew! Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless arguing over who was hornier in high school is what you just heard there. That's a great clip. That's, uh, those two... Those two have really had an interesting year, haven't they? That clip of uh, Shannon Sharp saying, I'm in the Hall of Fame, and Skip saying, who cares? And then he, he rips his glasses off, and Skip says, put your glasses back. That was great. Those two those two have been entertaining this year, for sure. You know who else I've enjoyed this year? Uh, Mad Dog and Stephen A. I think that's a, putting Mad Dog on that show, I think, was a great, a great choice by them. Um, he's just so naturally entertaining. Who else? Um, I think it's been a tough year for uh, Al Michaels over on the Thursday night broadcast. I feel like he's going through it. But, uh, you know, the state of uh, sports talk, I think, is in a good place in uh, in 2022. Nationally, locally, everything. And I know I say that with a lot of stuff that just went on, and I don't mean to make light of it, but I do think that uh, it's still very true, especially around here that there is a ton of interest, a ton of demand. And, uh, you know, for me personally, if you know me and my story, I can't promise you anything about anything except to say this. Wherever I am, wherever I'm working, I'll show up and I'll do the best show I can do. And that's uh, that's it. That's what I can tell you. A lot of people have been asking me questions these last couple of weeks, and all I can tell you is whenever I'm scheduled, that's where I'll be. I'm scheduled to be on the air that day. That is where I will be. Me and Andy Hart, Warriors. Working all through the holidays. You heard, I'm not kidding, you heard more of us than you heard of uh, Brenda Lee. Um, and that, um, Bing Crosby, all of them, uh, really. Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis, you heard us more than all of that. And I'm not even kidding. You can say a lot about me. Can't say I don't show up. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have much planned here, except I just wanted to play Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless talking about uh, the high school dances that they used to go to. And Shannon's uh, uh, Shannon's seduction methods, I think, were uh, were great. And then, of course, Skip talking about being in the in the back seat. Just uh, enough to make you vomit. I and, was freaking That poor girl. All right, guys, stop before everybody throws up, <laughs> especially me. Let's uh let's move on to literally anything else. Uh six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There you go. All right, there's your break. There's your Patriots break. This is a serious show, but it's also New Year's Eve, okay? I wanted to break it up with something funny. And that's uh about as much as we get there. Let's go to the phones. Gene is in Gloucester. Gene, what do you got? Hey, wanna tell you uh Woody Allen said eighty percent of success is showing up, so thanks for showing up. You got it. Hey. Uh comment over uh close friend was offensive coordinator five years with the Patriots. He made a statement uh, that games were won not only by the tangible size, speed, strength, strategy, but the intangibles, chemistry, trust, sacrifice, expectation, relationship. When I look at this Patriots team, and I'll hang up and get your, get your feedback, I think you know, we're, we're lacking it on the, what we would say the tangible side of it. But I think for a long time, Brady being gone, trying to get a quarterback that works, trying to get coaches – 
if you if you look at the personality profile of both Bill Belichick and Patricia, they are high S, uh, steady or cautious. There's no inspiration. There's no attention to the intangibles. So as much as we're talking about one side, you know, getting somebody that knows some stuff about football, we need to take some other people that have some other skills that I don't even see anybody in the organization having anymore. I'm going to hang up and listen to what you say. Gene, thanks for the call. Um, you talk about the coaching, and we did. I mentioned Bill O'Brien in the last segment. Um, you may not remember this, but Bill O'Brien, he came to Alabama as Mac was leaving, and Mac taught him the offense. Mac taught him the Alabama offense. That's true. That's a true story. Which begs the question, are the Patriots capable of bringing in a coach or offensive coordinator or anybody to work with Mac Jones that Mac doesn't have to teach everything to? <laughs> like, could, you maybe, could you maybe find someone that will teach Mac something? Do you remember what Mac said at many, many different points this year? Mac Jones at many different points this year said, I want to be coached harder. Do you have that, Stiz? Can you play this? Listen, Mac Jones said it a bunch of times. Here's, here's how he, he, he always goes back to this refrain about being coached harder. And this year he's had to teach Joe Judge and Matt Patricia uh, all these things about the offense. And back when he was at Alabama, he was on his way out, he had to teach Bill O'Brien about the Alabama offense. Listen. Yeah, I think it's, it's accountability. Um, it starts with me. And I think I, I want to be coached harder. I want to be... I'm a better player, and the coaches have given us everything they've got, and they've done everything to put us in position to win. Um, but I want to hold everybody accountable, including myself. So um, I think that's, you know, it's tough, right? You get called out a little bit, or you have to admit that you didn't do your job. I mean, that's part of the game, and a lot of that blame falls on me. I didn't do my best tonight. I think a lot of other guys play with a lot of good effort. We played with effort. I played with effort. I'm going to give it everything I got every week, no matter what. So. Um, I'll go until the wheels fall off, but gotta be better. Just okay. You can plays. stop it there, Stiz. I just wanted to do coach starter part. It's something he talks about a lot. Wants to be coach starter. Um, is Bill O'Brien the guy to do that? The guy we had to teach the offense to. Do you want to bring in another guy that Mac has to teach stuff to? Like I just, you know what I mean? Like Mac's twenty four years old. He's gonna be twenty five next year. I just I think it would be better, and it seems like it would be better if you brought in a guy who knew what he was doing, and Mac didn't have to teach him anything. Like that, I feel like that's probably the best possible outcome for everyone involved. Is if the new coach is someone that is uh, telling Mac what to do and teaching Mac things about the offense and teaching him how to run it, as opposed to the other way around. Because we saw this year that that clearly was not a recipe for success, and uh, not for nothing. But Bill O'Brien hasn't exactly set the world on fire as the Alabama offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it's not like that. That offense got way better with him. Um, I I think that it's an upgrade from what you have. Absolutely, I do. How could anyone not think that? But uh, there may be, as the caller alluded to, deeper issues with this team that Bill O'Brien, you know, flex sealed tape isn't going to necessarily fix uh, or even be a vessel towards getting to where you want to be. It may just be a, a quick patch over, and I feel like the quick patch over years are, are done. You know, that was what Cam Newton was. Cam Newton was a quick patch over year. Now you're two, three years into your uh, new quarterback, and you're going to be on your third offensive coordinator. Like, I just – that that to me – Seems like a way that a mismanaged team would operate. Like the Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets or uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Teams like that. You think about teams that have a bunch of different coordinators and they keep missing the playoffs. It's one thing if you cycle through them and you keep winning. Then you can brag and crow about your system and how great it is. Sure. Look at this. New offensive coordinator. Doesn't matter. Tom Brady and the offense went and won the Super Bowl again. Doesn't matter if it's Charlie Weiss. Doesn't matter if it's Josh McDaniels. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's Bill O'Brien. 
Um, I think that that's a uh, that's a easy thing to do, and a lot of Patriots fans sort of sort of did that for years with Bill Belichick. And now that it's not working, you're sort of wondering where to where to turn. All I can tell you is that Bill O'Brien is another Bill guy. He's a Bill Belichick coaching tree guy. Probably the best out of all the guys on the coaching tree, I would say, uh, when it comes to head coaching. He's a good coordinator. He wasn't the best coordinator. Bill's had better coordinators than him. But he was the best head coach who went off on his own. Um, I think that's pretty much no doubt about that. You can't argue Mike Vrabel either because Mike Vrabel's not on the Bill Belichick coaching tree. He just played for him. He never coached for him, so uh, that wouldn't count. Vrabel is on O'Brien's coaching tree, but that's, I mean, he doesn't count. So really, O'Brien's the best one who was a head coach. You bring him in here, offensive coordinator. I know he's got uh, ties to the area. His family's here. Um, It would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense in all directions. But ultimately, what you're doing is bringing in another Bill guy and postponing that conversation that you desperately need to have about what this year really was and how much longer Bill plans to do this. And then you got to start planning your future. And if your future is just more Bill guys and, you know, keeping the keeping that train going, then, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sorry. Robert Kratt, you want to win some playoff games? This may not be the way to do it. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. All right. There was some negativity there. I'll admit, some negativity. So you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do, Stiz? I'm going to open up the next hour with some more positivity, some things to feel good about going into next season. Hard to feel good about them for tomorrow because many of the guys I'm about to mention aren't playing tomorrow, but I will get to that right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.